this morning may have both microphones on Daniel you think maybe what it is I did turn both on which one you got I have the, I had the lapel on but I can use this one to be just fine is that not working? it is it's working fine but if I turn this one on it causes the echo okay thank you so sorry stand back for just a moment get that remedy. But yes, missed you this morning. Thank you, Shelby. Appreciate it. Enjoyed being over in Garrett County. Did enjoy the drive over. Took 150 and hit Highway 39 just outside of Crab Orchard. Shot all the way in front of Garrett County High School. and uh, Your stomping grounds, Daniel. I thought about you and right on to Maple Avenue, and uh, they send you their best. And they were asking about brother and sister Horseman. They were asking about the sisters. Wanted to know if I knew the sisters. I said, absolutely, I know the sisters. No doubt about it. Sisters of worldwide fame. No doubt about that. 
but had a good Sunday morning. I was sorry about the circumstances with the loss of a loved one in the family there and a lot of folks traveling down to Texas. Olivia's grandfather, I believe, uh, Isaac's wife, her grandfather, had passed away, but I was happy to help. It was on short notice, I believe, Brother Ray called Thursday night, I believe, about 7 or 8 o'clock, but had a good time. And I believe that's the third time that I've had the privilege of visiting there in Lancaster, and when I first started going, I didn't pronounce that right. I called it Lancaster and was corrected. They let me know that's in Ohio and I'm in Kentucky and I need to learn how to talk. So I say it correctly now, some things you don't forget. But that's the third time that I've been there, I believe, and maybe for a singing night, led a couple songs one time, maybe four times. But uh, got to know some faces, and some familiar and friendly faces, but... Stanford is home, and I'm glad to be home. And I'm happy to see you, and I appreciate you bearing with me. If you have your Bible, I would ask you please to open back up with me where we left off last week, Colossians chapter 1, namely verses 19 and 20. Colossians chapter 1, verses 19 and 20. We have been discussing really at length the topic of the blood of Jesus Christ. And I believe this is at least the third part of a lesson series. And we may have had more than three lessons in some context, but three specifically here. And we're, Lord's will, going to conclude uh, this lesson or these series of lessons on the blood of Christ. But what I would like to do before we dive back into Colossians chapter 1 is to review and to share a few Scriptures that we've already studied through and read together. But I want to jog your memory just a little bit. First and foremost, Hebrews 9.22 teaches us that without the shedding of blood, there is simply no N-O remission of sin, it necessitates a sacrifice. And Jesus was that spotless sacrificial lamb for us. Matthew 26 and verse 28 teaches that the new covenant, the New Testament made possible by the shedding of Christ's blood. And that shedding was for again the remission, the remittance, or the forgiveness of sin. In James 4.17, we realize the importance of not only knowing what is right, but doing what is right as well to him that knows to do good. And that person do it not. It is sin. So when you know what is right, and you fail to do that, it's just as guilty as the other way. James 4.17 Transgression, and then you have knowing and failing to perform what you know that you should do. 
And I shared with you the individual starts every day, looks in the mirror and quotes James 4.17 to him who knows to do good and does it not. It becomes sin. It's so easy to say that's someone else's responsibility. It's so easy to say I'll read my Bible later. It's easy to say I'll pray in God's will at a more convenient time. I'll share with someone when it's more convenient for me. And you know what happens. That convenience becomes further and further and further away. And weeks go by and months go by and we haven't shared with anyone. We have failed to read our Bibles. We have not taken time to pray. And truly, as the song says, we're not taking time to be holy. To know to do good, do it as well. Romans 3.23, For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Everyone has a sin problem. And the blood of Christ is the solution. It's available for all. His death, burial, resurrection is the gospel that's in tune with our soul's salvation. And James 1.17, who makes all this possible? Who receives all glory and honor? God. Let's read James 1.17. Every good gift and every complete or perfect gift is from above. Comes down from the Father of lies. There's no barrenness. There's not even a shadow of turning with Him. There's no favoritism with the Father. The Gospel is for all. It's a fair judge to all. And all choice blessings flow specifically through him. In Hebrews chapter 2, we read Jesus Christ was crowned with glory and honor. In Psalm chapter 8, in verse 1, and the very last verse of verse 9, that's echoed again that God receives both glory and honor. So when we think about our soul salvation, when we think about having our sins forgiven, when we think about the privilege of walking in the light as He is in the light, the fellowship that we have one with the other, we pause and we say, Thank You, Lord. Every good gift has come down from Thee, the Father of lights. And we're thankful that there is no shadow of turning with Thee, that Thy Word is truth, Thy commands are right, and the promises are ours. And God cannot lie. And that brings us, please, to Colossians chapter 1, verses 18, or excuse me, 19 and 20, where we left off. We read this together. We dissected it together, but I want to read it again, please. So please bear with me. Colossians chapter 1 and verse 19 and following, For it was pleasing to the Father that in Him should all fullness dwell. 
Father, Son, Holy Spirit, dwelling in Jesus Christ. The fullness of the Godhead in Him. If you've seen Me, you've seen the Father. Jesus said that. And He sent the Comforter, His Spirit, the Holy Spirit. They have the same goal. They have the same purpose. They have the same intent. And they lead us in the same direction. One God in three persons. That's what the Bible teaches. Do I fully understand it? Not for a second. However, my faith is in the Word of God, in the working, in the operation of God. How about you? And therefore, we accept what the Bible says. And if the Bible says it, it's settled. And having made peace through the blood of His cross, and we emphasize His cross last week, He carried it to the point of exhaustion and then was crucified upon it and before that was beaten, ridiculed, kind of thorns on His brow, marred more than any other man. That's the Lord that you serve. He gave Himself freely. He humbled Himself, was made for a time a little lower than the angels because He took on the form of a man yet without sin. He was tempted in every single point yet without sin and therefore He can both sympathize and empathize with you. There is nothing that you face. There is no fiery dart that Satan can hurl your way that Jesus did not experience and overcome yet He was without sin unlike myself. And therefore He is qualified to sit down at the right hand of the Father in glory. He has preeminence in all things. He has authority in all things. And we are saved through and by His precious blood. The blood of His cross. By Him to reconcile, bring back together everything unto Himself. By Him I say, whether they be in earth or things in heaven. All credit. All glory. All honor, all virtuous thanking to Jesus Christ our Lord. He is Master and we are servant. I call your attention, please, as we move forward in the last part of our series of lessons to the Gospel of John chapter 8. And when you arrive in John chapter 8, would you go with me, please? verse 34. John chapter 8 and verse 34. We're going to read three verses together concluding in verse 36. Jesus answered them and said, Verily, verily, means it's important, I say unto you, whosoever committeth sin is the servant of sin. I appreciate, don't you? The straightforward, elementary, and easy to understand teaching of the Scriptures. If you commit sin, then you serve sin. Isn't that easy to understand? You are a servant to what you perform. We would like to serve righteousness and therefore be a servant of what is 
righteous. That would be even better. And the servant abideth not in the house forever, but the son abideth forever. If the son therefore shall make you free, you shall be free indeed. The blood of Christ, His sacrifice, truly set you free. Freedom from the bondage of sin. Serving sin. In God's mind, when you come into Christ, your sins are washed away by the precious blood and removed, as we've said several times, as far as the east is from the west, in the mind of God. Can the world do that? Is there enough money to make that possible? Can we gain enough education to be able to remit our own sins? How precious is the blood of Christ in your understanding? Freedom, especially here in America, means everything to us. We celebrate it. We love independence. We look back for hundreds of years and appreciate the sacrifices that gave us the freedom that we enjoy. And we possess as Christians something infinitely better. What did verse 36 say of John 8? If the Son, Jesus Himself, shall make you free, you are free indeed. You're no longer a servant of sin. You're walking in the light. Yeah, fellowship with one another. You are a part of the family of God. You have been washed and cleansed. Yes, you at one time were these things, but now it's taken away from you. You're different. Have you ever spoken to someone that you haven't seen at some time and you share stories with them and they look at you and they say, I'm not that way anymore. Have you met someone like that? Yes, I realize how I was 15 years ago, but I'm a new creation now. I'm looking at things differently. I'm not that way anymore. If you're free, you're truly set free indeed. And that hinges upon the sacrifice and the blood of Christ. I call your attention, please, to the book of Ephesians. Second chapter. And again, let's read three verses together starting in verse 4. Ephesians chapter 2. And we'll begin our remarks here in verse 4. And Lord's will read through verse 6. But God, who is abounding, one translation says He is rich, in mercy, for His great love wherewith He loved us. That's evident. He sent His only begotten Son. The Word, the Logos, if you will, the Word became flesh and dwelt among us and individuals beheld Him as the only begotten from the Father. Yes, He's rich in mercy. And yes, He loves you to the point where He was willing to sacrifice the finest 
even when we were dead in our sins. Breathing, yes, but dead spiritually. Outside of Christ, yet to be made alive where it truly matters, yet the love of God is compelling. And He cared about us. That while we were yet sinners, He was willing to send His Son to die for ungodliness. It's what He was willing to do. Rich in mercy. Loved us wherewith the love that He has. And He's quickened us. He's made us alive together with Christ. When you're baptized into Christ, you are planted. Romans 6 says you're planted in the likeness of Christ and by the power of the Father you're resurrected from the watery grave just like the Son. And He ever liveth. You will never die. You will never taste spiritual death. Jesus Christ has already tasted that for every man. Everyone. We're in Him. We're anchored. It's a safe harbor, a safe haven, if you will. That you can shut your eyes at night and you can truly rest if you're faithful, knowing that it really doesn't matter what happens. And if I do not open my eyes the next morning, everything is alright because I am right in the sight of God. It's the confidence that you have that the world knows nothing about, nor can the world offer such a confidence unto thee. Only the One who is rich in mercy, that loved you and made you alive, quickened you together with Christ by grace, you are saved and hath raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, by grace you are saved. You were raised up and now you're walking in a newness of life. You are a part of the family of God. You can cry out, Abba, Father, and Jesus Christ is your Lord, yes, but He's your brother as well. All the treasures that you possess in Christ. We don't store our treasures here on earth, do we? Thief will break in and steal them. They'll rust. They'll find corruption. May even find moths on them. But we store our treasures in heaven where the thief cannot break in and steal. That's solid. That's been proclaimed. When your sins are forgiven, God has said so. The blood of Jesus has washed them away. And that prescription has healed the balm that you needed. Has taken that away never to return. And if you do make a mistake along the way, yes, you have a representative, an advocate with the Father who again sits at the right hand of glory, has the preeminence in all things, and is willing to make your grumblings in prayer as a Christian acceptable to the Father. Let's remember to pray and offer thanksgiving unto Him as well. Many times I've reached out to God with my wants, 
with my desires, with prayer requests, and those are all good things if they're in tune with God's will. But do we pause to thank Him? Do you do that as often? I don't. I oftentimes find, Lord, help me. Lord, see me through with this endeavor. Give me safe journey. Help me with this job. Remember this situation. And again, I applaud all those things. But do we stop to say, Lord, thank You. Thank You for the avenue of prayer. Thank You for being mindful of a servant like myself. If we were to turn to Isaiah 40, in the weeks to come, we'll read the Scripture together. But if we were to turn to Isaiah 40 and verse 22, we would find out that we're like grasshoppers. That's what Isaiah said. Unto God you're like a bunch of grasshoppers and He provided a tent that you may dwell in it. And he makes a point that God is so significant and we are so insignificant. That's the point. That the Creator of the whole world is mindful of me, desires our communication, wants us to reach out to Him, is near and dear to all who call upon Him, and is willing to create in you a new heart, a servant's heart. That's your intent. That's your way of thinking. He's going to change that if you're willing to let Him. If you let His Word take hold in your life. You can be a new creation. Behold, the old things have passed away and He's made things new again. He's able. He's more than able and He's willing. Thank You, Lord. Take time to say thank You for the answer prayers, for the prayers that you said no to. At the time, I was upset, Lord. At the time, I wondered why I didn't get that job. But now looking back, what a blessing it was that you answered no. You had something better in mind for me. It always works out that way. Why? Because the will of God is always 100% effective and right for every situation. First John, please. Chapter 1 and verse 7. I want to read it. We've alluded to it twice. I want to read it in your hearing. 1 John 1 and verse 7. But if we walk in the light, as He is in the light, we have fellowship one with another. And the blood of Jesus Christ, His Son, cleanses us from all sin. He's provided twofold. He's going to allow you to have your past sins washed away. And if you walk in the light, He's going to wash away sins that are present as well. Are you willing to repent of them? Are you willing to turn them over? Have godly sorrow about what you've done and continue to walk? If you are, you cleanse those as well. Great grace, infinite mercy. And when does it end? Seventy times, seven times? Four hundred nine. I think there's a lesson there. It's not four hundred ninety, it's that it continues. Seventy times. Offer the other cheek. Take your coat off and give it to someone else. Be Christ-like. 
He's forgiven me. Should I not have a similar attitude toward those around me? Forgive their wrongdoings toward me? If I'm going to hold a grudge, if I'm not going to let the sun's going to go down and I'm going to continue to be angry, well, how's God going to feel about that? God said not to let that sun go down on your anger. Take care of it now. That's what He'd have you to do. He's forgiven time and time and time again. I've said, Lord, I won't do that again. I found myself right in the same boat. Foolish. And I can't forgive my brother, my sister. Really. We do exactly what we want to do. And if you want to, you will. And if you realize how precious forgiveness is, it's joy. While you do yourself a favor, actually, you take that burden right off of you. And you turn it over to God who will set you free. There's different ways He sets us free. We're talking about sin here, but that can be alleviated. The anger that you carry, the bitterness that you carry, the deceit. Sometimes we deceive ourselves and believe a lie. He takes that away. That's freedom as well. You no longer have to deal with that bondage in life. And twofold, you will wash those past sins away and He's provided a path to continual cleansing in our lives if we will just walk. That's our responsibility to be walking, to be faithful. The one who endures to the end, the same shall be saved. Matthew 24, 13. James 1.12, I really enjoy Blessed, I really enjoy it. When we endure temptation, for when you've been tried, when you've been tested, then you receive the crown of glory. God has promised to those that love Him. Revelation 2.10, continue faithful unto death. Can we say that we're believers in Christ and not continue faithful? Can you truly say you believe the Bible and not walk in the light? I sound like I'd be deceiving myself if I said that. I have to be walking. So that brings us to the conclusion, please, of our lesson. We had a problem. That was sin. That's a universal. That's across the board. All have sinned, fallen short of the glory of God, and the wages is too much to pay. The wages of sin. That's death. But we have a free gift. The blood of of Jesus Christ. His sacrifice to wash away our sins. And why tarry? Arise and be baptized. Wash away your sins. Calling on the name of the Lord. How do I call? Someone may ask. I've heard about the Gospel call. I've read in my Bible it's for all. Go into all the world and Preach the gospel to every living creature. So I believe that I'm interested in this call. And it's for you and for yours and all who are far off. And many as the Lord God shall call. What is this calling? How does He call? He's near to those that call on Him. So how do we call? Well, first you believe. You have faith. And faith comes by hearing. If you can't hear it from God's Word, is it faithful? 
If it pertains to life and godliness, we possess all things, then it's in God's Word. And if it's not authorized in God's Word, then it did not come from God. That's easy to understand, isn't it? So we believe the Bible. Our faith is in the Scripture. He calls us from His Word. Remember Hebrews 1.1 in times past, God spoke in diverse ways. The King's English said dreams, visions, through the prophets, but that draws a distinction. Here's how it was. Patriarchal, Mosaic. Here's how it was. But now, the Hebrew writer says He speaks to us through His Son. And earlier we said that Jesus is the Word. You can't have the Word without Jesus, and you can't have Jesus without the Word. He is the Word. That's the call. Individuals called out, men and brethren, what shall we do? That's a crucial question. That may be the most important question ever asked, recorded in Scripture. What shall we do? You think about the rich young ruler. What good thing must I do? Individuals today are teaching all they can teach. There's nothing you can do. That's all I hear. How do you read your Bible and watch people call out, what shall we do, and then turn around as a preacher and say, that's that's nonsense. As my brother used to say, I'm I'm not mad. It just bothers you, doesn't it? When a person believes in Jesus, they start asking questions. Questions. Every example. We can go to the book of Acts. I've been reading from Isaiah. What hinders me from me? That was the question. Why can't I be baptized? I've read here, is he talking about himself or someone else? And I can't understand it unless you teach me. Well, we'll stop the chariot and I'll teach you. Why can't I be baptized? You can. Do you believe? Jesus said, He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. Do you believe this? I believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God. I got ahead of myself. They were going to stop that chariot and go straightway. No hesitation. We have another example from Acts, that very hour of the night, Acts chapter 16, I believe. Took him and his house, washed their stripes. There's repentance and baptized straightway, and then there's rejoicing. And all the household believes. That's the call. We've seen it. All made possible. You can't be baptized into Christ if Christ didn't die. It's grace as well, it's not a work of man. It's a command of God. It's a response by faith, no difference than repentance or confession or faithful living or believing. God does the work when you believe His Word. God says, if you believe and you'll be, if you'll respond to this call, I will save you. God will save you. And then as a Christian, to show your appreciation, you keep His commands and you work out your salvation with both fear 
and trembling because it is a joy to serve the Lord. It's not because I have to, it's because I want to. I want to be a help to my fellow man. I want to set an example. And when folks call out to me, I want to talk to them about Jesus. I want to let them know the solution to every problem that man has. That being Jesus Christ. So we respond by obedient faith to the preached, read, proclaimed, and presented Word of God. We come up out of that watery grave. Our sins are forgiven. And God adds us to His church Himself. And you're right there. I don't mind that illustration at all because it's taught in the Bible. You're right there. And you can never be plucked out by anyone else but yourself. That's the person the Bible omits. Or as my friend said, omits. Omit. Doesn't say that you can't. I'll never forget that. You can't omit that, she said. <laughs> no one. You are in the family of God. And unless you turn your back on what you know is right, you are going to heaven when this life is over. You're going to have a great reunion with your loved ones who have went on before faithful. Why not take Him at His Word? Why not? What have you got to lose by trusting in the One who is always right? What do you have to lose? Why not take... You have everything to lose by not trusting everything. We live that faithful life. We share with others. And we look forward. Earnestly look forward to hearing enter in. Don't you look forward to that? Thou good and faithful servant, enter into the joys of my rest. We work now looking forward to an eternal rest where we spend our time. And that's not the right word. God is not bound by time. Where we spend eternity praising the Lord. I made you responsible over a few things. Now, oh yes, now I will make you Lord over many. He will elevate you. He will see you through and bless you beyond compare. That does not mean that you will not have turmoil in life. That does not mean that once you become a Christian that Satan will not set his sights on you. But when evil besets you and befalls you, lean upon God and give credit to Satan for the evil that you have to endure. He's the one that plays. Don't blame God. God's providing a way out. He'll never let you be tempted above what you can bear with the temptation. Here's a promise. He will provide the way out. Be faithful all the days that you're blessed to have. Faithful to the worship service, reading your Bible daily and praying without ceasing. According to God's Word, there's no other way to live and be most pleasing to God than what we find outlined and authorized in God's Word. The blood of Christ makes it all possible. If you are present this evening and you are subject to the Gospel invitation in any way, please know this is the acceptable hour and it would be our joy to assist you. If you have a need, come home unto the Lord as we stand together and sing for your encouragement.
Yeah. <laughs> 